Hello and welcome, my ghost story lovers. This is Beyond the Veil, Paranormal Tales, and I'm your host, Becca. You can also find us in blog form if you'd like to read instead or read along. If you are new to the blog and podcast, while you should be able to pop in and enjoy any individual episode on its own, I do explain some things that make me different as I go along here. So you might want to pop back to episode one and start there, but as always, follow your heart. Join me here as I sit beside my warm, glowing fire pit, enjoying the brief warm weather that comes between our daily mountain effect rainstorms. The stars sparkle overhead, and a chorus of neighborhood dogs sing the songs of their people out in the darkness before their owners call them back inside. Go grab yourself a cup of hot cocoa, or maybe you'd prefer a cold brew from the fridge? However you like, settle on in and listen to real people's spooky stories told in their own words. Some of these spooky stories may contain adult language. Listeners, be advised. Names of affected parties and some personal details may be changed to protect the privacy of our storyteller. But you have my word. All stories told here are real, to the best of my knowledge. So, start your own fire, grab your favorite fuzzy blanket, and settle in with me as we take a peek at the world that lies beyond the veil. Tonight is episode 9, Spiritual Home Protection. A few episodes ago, back in episode 2, with Genevieve and her house full of spirits, I wrapped up by explaining how to smoke smudge, to cleanse people and houses. I said I'd come back and tell you about other helpful protections and how to set up ghostly or spiritual rules for your space. I haven't forgotten, it's just that the episodes since then have been long, and I felt like it might take too much time to add that in. But since I've mentioned some of this stuff since then, let me explain it a bit better for you. When I first got started with all this stuff, I was wandering around without my psychic bubble to ward off the energies and feelings of the world around me, and I was unwittingly collecting spirits wherever I went. They'd follow me around, watching what I was up to. I could sense them sometimes, but mostly they just observed, so there was no need to do anything about them, I figured. Sure, sometimes things would happen at home, but it was always easy to assume it's something normal and just brush those things off. Like, the light over my shower would shut itself off and then turn itself back on at random. My husband Ray and I noticed this light issue within a week of moving in to our current house, and we tried desperately to figure out what was causing the problem. We figured out the shower light never turned on if the master switch for the bathroom lights was off, so that was something. It was still connected to that light switch. It made a clicking sound when it turned on and off, so you could hear it when it happened. That clicking sound happened when the switch was on and we could confirm the sound was connected to the light, but we still heard that same clicking sound when the switch was off. It was the strangest thing. At first, we thought it was some kind of heat lamp to make the bathroom into a sauna and assumed it must be on a timer. But the light doesn't add heat to the shower, so we scrapped that. And saunas usually have dial timers for their lights, which we don't have. I thought maybe it was another light switch in the house that was wired wrong. But then it also happened when I was home alone and taking a shower. 
For that issue, we eventually started joking that it must be a switch in a neighbor's house, which is why we have zero control over it, and we let it go. There was also always a creepy feeling in our unfinished basement, especially under the stairs and in the storage shelving area. And there was also this strange metal bar attached to the floor beams on the exposed ceiling. It was long, maybe a yoga swing was attached to it or something, but I just couldn't shake the feeling it gave me. It had a finality to it. It creeped me the hell out, and I just couldn't shake the image of something or someone hanging there. I'll be honest and say I haven't looked very hard into the property I own. I probably could do a quick record search to find the names of the two original owners of the house. Back then, the woman we bought it from was married to a military guy. That's all I know about him. Then I know he vanished from the picture somehow. The house shifted into her name only. I know she had a boyfriend after that, but they broke up and she wanted to move to a smaller house now that it was just her with the kids and their dog. I got the feeling there were too many bad memories for her here, and that was fair. The property didn't feel threatening, it was just... off. And that weird ceiling bar in the basement made me wonder, but... I didn't want to look too hard to find out if the first man who owned this house is still alive. I guess I don't want my suspicions confirmed. You don't have to disclose deaths in a house in Colorado, so what you don't know can't hurt you, right? But all those feelings of creepiness in that area of my basement just couldn't be brushed off, though I did try to ignore them. I certainly avoided the floor of my house for the first few years we were there. There were some other things, but with a house full of kids and animals, it's easy to assume that the thump upstairs was just a dog laying down dramatically, or tapping in the walls is just the pipes shifting after someone took a hot shower. I didn't pay too much attention to any of it, honestly. I went about my day and rolled my eyes when the light in the shower would click off and leave me in the darkness while I was shaving. Perfect timing. Thanks. This was when the house was brand new to us, and a few years passed before Beth moved out here, and the two of us got talking about weird stuff. She did a reading for me, and it opened the door to me doing my own readings for myself and for others, but... I was still new to it and not sure if I could trust my gut feelings about it all, just yet. But then, I was at work one day, and an older male co-worker approached me in the break room. Jamie was a longtime work friend, and we'd usually chat in the break room about horror movies or Doctor Who, so that's what I assumed he was going to talk to me about that day. <laughs> but boy, was I wrong. He kind of tipped his head to the side as he looked at me and around me. Then he squinted and said, So, I do readings for people, and if you would be open to it, I'd like to read you sometime. I nodded immediately and said, I'd definitely be open to that. And we started trying to figure out what days and times he has free so we could arrange it. He squinted behind me, then at me, and asked, do you have a big round mirror in your bedroom? I thought about it and then shook my head. I don't. 
The vanity mirror that's on my dresser is a square, and there are no round mirrors in my home. He squinted harder and said, I see a round mirror that sorta has a frame around it, and I see you in a room with that mirror, and I think it's a bedroom? And maybe it's a dresser mirror, like you said, but it's definitely round, and it's real big. He gestured how big he estimated it to be, and I gasped, nodding. I did have an antique dresser with a round mirror on it in my room when I was a teenager. It replaced my smaller childhood dresser after my 97-year-old great-grandmother passed away. It was hers, and my mom chose to keep it when they were clearing out Gigi's belongings. Jamie nodded deeply. There's an older woman, and she wants to make sure that dresser is yours. There's a reason, but she won't tell me right now. He shook his head. I nodded and said, We'll have to ask her later, at the full reading. And he agreed. The next time I saw Jamie, he brought me a business card for his medium services, and did so with a concerned look on his face. I looked the card over, noting the strength major arcana card on the front and my co-worker's first name and phone number on the back, with a note to text for scheduling. When I looked up, I saw him standing there, his head tipped deeply to the side, eyes narrowed as he scanned the space above and behind me. His scrutinizing eyes met mine, and he asked, Does your house have a stairwell? Straight off the front door? I shook my head. No, the stairs that lead up are to the left, past the powder room and coat closet. I squinted, picturing it in my head. And the ones that lead downstairs have a door at the top of them. He shook his head, squinting harder, then asked, Are the stairs long? Like, go straight up from one floor to the next? I shook my head, realizing I was describing it poorly. My stairs are wide and they have a big landing, and a 180-degree turn halfway up. They're extra wide because my washer and dryer are upstairs, so they needed to be big enough to move those appliances up. Jamie shook his head again, narrowed his eyes further, then asked, Do you have any mirrors in your stairwells? I shook my head again, wondering where this was all going. I don't. And, really, the only mirrors in the house are in the bathrooms. Well, plus that square one on the dresser, which we bought when we moved in. We got a whole new bedroom set when we moved the last time, and it came straight from a warehouse and boxes and stuff. I pictured the house in my head as we talked, and he nodded deeply, seeming to follow along, and then he said I have a nice house. My eyes widened a bit wondering if he could see the projection of my house that I saw in my head, or something else. But I smiled and thanked him. I love my house. Jamie narrowed his eyes and shook his head. Sorry, I don't usually do this stuff here at work unless I have to, he said, and briefly referenced the spirit of an older man who died of a heart attack on our property, then the rancher who the land used to belong to, and an entity or two that are in my area of the building. I laughed and said, yeah, those two knock things over sometimes and I tell them to quit it. One is there all the time, and the other one comes and goes. 
He grinned at me and said, You must be the reason they stopped harassing me. And I just laughed. Jamie nodded. Yeah, I deal with things when I need to, but I try to only do this stuff at home. I have a sealed and protected room I work in there, so it's safe. I nodded, not overly worried. But it seemed he was prefacing something, and as he continued, I understood. So, I definitely want to set up that reading with you. I see a lot of spirits around you. And that happens sometimes, like after a death in the family, or if a person is going through an unusually hard time. But the group isn't usually around for as long as I've seen your group with you. And you seem to be doing pretty well. And your entourage is bigger every time I see you, he said, looking over both shoulders to make sure no other co-workers were listening in. We were alone. I nodded slowly. Yeah, you're not the first person to say something like that. I've been told I'm very active. I grinned and shrugged. Oh, and when I go into a metaphysical shop, sometimes I'll get funny looks from the shop owners and stuff. And their store cats come and find me. And then after I pet them, I see them run from other shoppers who wanted their attention. I laughed. Jamie nodded deeply at that and said, I was asking about your house because I see new spirits around you every time I see you, and now I'm sensing dark orbs around you too, and now that you showed me your house, I'm seeing those same dark orbs being drawn to your house and attaching to the outside of it, like... He gestured as if he had an invisible ball in each hand, and he was pressing them onto something. They're sticking. And I was asking about the mirrors, because those can be portals, I'm sure you know, he said, and I nodded. He continued, I mentioned the long stairwell, because that kind of stair can be confused with a stairwell to heaven by the spirits, and they can head up those stairs, but then they get stuck in the house. I nodded, and he continued. I mentioned the mirror in the stairs for the same reason, but since it's also a mirror, it's a double whammy, and with that set up, the spirits can get stuck inside the mirrors. I nodded deeply. I have loved some mirrors and hated others. It all depends. I tend to feel them out. I shrugged and Jamie nodded. He squinted at me and said, Yeah, I need to figure this out. What's with all those black orbs? He sounded concerned and intrigued all at once. I shrugged. Jamie, it's just me. He shook his head. No. Something over my left shoulder caught his eye. I nodded. Really? It's just me. I told you I attract stuff everywhere I go, and things follow me home. Things seem to like me. All sorts of things. It's like they're all watching me to see what I'm going to do next. I shrugged. I was getting used to being watched all the time. It was a little weird at first, but... You get used to that feeling between your shoulder blades when it never eases up. He shook his head. No, there's no way. No 
nobody is that active. But then he hesitated mid-sentence, squinting all around me again. Really? He looked deep into my eyes, and rather than looking away, which is my natural instinct, I looked back. This man was younger than my father, but older than me by at least a decade. I don't trust Easy, but I knew, weird as he could seem to outsiders, I could trust this man. I nodded deeply. I don't know what it is with me either, but if you can help me figure it out, that would be cool. He nodded. I was just super confused because none of those things apply. You're not falling to pieces in need of support, but you're just surrounded. I nodded at that and shrugged, reiterating, yeah, I'm just super active, they say. He narrowed his eyes and agreed. Definitely, but I'm not sure why. He was studying me with his eyes and then mused aloud. Are you some sort of a conduit or something? And I just shrugged. I said, who knows? I suppose it's possible. At this point, anything's possible. I shrugged. I was still mid-awakening and finding my path. I was overwhelmed and lost with regards to what I was supposed to do about all of the new weirdness in my life. How can you learn something if you don't even know the questions to ask? He nodded slowly. So, for now... Go get yourself a piece of black tourmaline. It's a negative entity repelling stone. You know where to find crystals and stones? He asked, and I nodded. Okay. You want to put it on or over your front door. Entities tend to be pretty polite and use the front door. He shrugged, and I chuckled. But having that stone across the threshold will prevent anything negative from passing over into the house. I nodded, taking mental notes. Someone else wandered up into the break room, chatting away on their phone. Jamie glanced at his watch, then rushed off to the time clock, hollering over his shoulder at me. Text me, and we'll set it up. I'm usually free on Friday and Saturday. After that conversation, I went shopping at my favorite local metaphysical shop to gather the supplies that I needed to do the work we discussed. I grabbed a bag full of things, then did a full home cleanse with sage smoke. I made sure to get the mirrors really well for that pass, after all of Jamie's mirror questions and concerns. I figured it couldn't hurt anything, given how active I am. And I did as he suggested, and put a piece of black tourmaline on the ledge over my front door. But I decided, given how two people in the know had told me I was very active, I didn't stop with just that. I put a piece of the tourmaline in each of my many windows, all around the house, too. And I placed pieces of selenite in the furthest corners of my home. Selenite is a cleansing protective stone, and it can even be used to charge other stones. Together, those two stones create a bubble of protection around our space, and it helps reinforce the rules I came up with for my house. I stood in the middle of my house, my family off on some errand or other. 
There I was, feeling like an idiot, and I talked aloud to the entities that had been following me around. Okay, guys, I'm still figuring all of this out, but it's becoming clear we need to establish some rules here, I said, and then waited a moment for the murmuring among the spirits to stop. So, rule number one, I said seriously, do not touch me, my family, my friends, my visitors, or my animals. You may not touch us under any circumstances. I want to be very clear. A silence fell over the group of listening spirits. Okay, then. Rule number two. You may not touch any of our things. I don't want things going missing, moving, flying around. No touching our stuff. You are a visitor here, and you can and will be kicked out if you cannot behave yourselves. I paused for effect again. Rule number three. Friends and family may visit and hang out to watch movies and stuff, but when it's bedtime, you all need to get out. That's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) I chuckled to myself and hummed a bar of the old song's chorus. Anyone else? You are allowed by invitation only. And only until our visit is done, and then you must leave. Is that all clear? I sensed muttering among the ranks, and added, Anyone who doesn't like these rules can piss off and go see someone else. Things calmed immediately. I nodded and continued, Those that agree with these terms, you are to form a queue on my roof in the order you came to see me, so I see everyone on a first-come, first-serve basis. If you leave and come back, you start over. You may come and go as you please, of course. I understand there are quite a lot of you, and I'm only one person, so you'll have to bear with me as I figure all of this out. I nodded firmly, realized I was exhausted after the energy work of the day, and said, And for tonight, we will call it bedtime now. Everybody out. Good night. I nodded once and gathered in a lung full of energy, then breathed it out, envisioning the bubble of energy, pushing anyone and anything out of the house's space and locked it in place mentally. I told the bubble what I wanted it to do and let go of the mental ties. I breathed a deep sigh of relief and headed off to relax for the evening, my work done and new rules in place. Over the next few weeks, I maintained the safe space I had created, and I noticed there was a lot less activity all over the house. The tapping diminished, but it didn't stop completely. Some could be attributed to the pipes in the walls, or the house getting older and settling with the swings in temperature we get every day most of the year. The area under the stairs didn't even feel all that weird anymore, I noticed. The next time my own schedule aligned with Jamie's, he beamed at me. You've done an awesome job locking your house down. I grinned at him. Aw, thanks. I hadn't said anything to him about it all. And while I chat with his adorable, super sweet wife when I see her, I don't talk with her about this type of stuff. 
I gave him an overview of what I had done after his comment, and he nodded deeply in approval. We finally got together for our reading session a couple weeks later. As ever, time is a construct, and our meeting went quite long. We had a lot to chat about. He did a combination session with me, starting with a tarot reading. He used the cards to do a past life reading, a present life reading, and a future reading to see what's coming if things stay as they are currently aligned. It was a nine-card spread with the three past life on the lowest row, three present on the middle row, and the three future cards across the top. The past life brought up some interesting things, including a powerful male lifetime, which began on a positive path. I was a druid and a powerful one. I was well-respected and well-known in my time, but over time, after a lifetime of betrayal and disappointment, bitterness and resentment took hold. I started heading too hard and fast into the dark arts and was allowing it to consume me. I am, at my core, a creature of light, and it was a place that would have been very hard to come back from on a soul level. My guides at the time ended my lifetime early to keep me from going all the way down that path, which I definitely needed, and the story of this past came with a warning for this go-round not to delve too far in either direction on my path with energy work and all things magical. I nodded along, agreeing with everything he said. I told him I tend to aim for balance, as nature does. Nature is cruel as it is kind and simply aims for harmony. Jamie nodded deeply at that. He is also the one that introduced me to the dowsing rods, and this session was my introduction to them. During the past life reading, while he was trying to confirm my identity on the lifetime in question, five or six lives ago, he used the rods to talk with my recently deceased uncle. My uncle was with me then, too, and had been my mentor on that pass. We are part of a traveling souls group, and our relationships and connections shift over time on each go-round, but he was with me then, too, just in a different capacity. So he used the dowsing rods to spin around at Jamie's behest and confirmed that I was who he said I was. Jamie made a face listening to someone in the room, and then with a quizzical look on his face, he handed me the dowsing rods to try. I took them, and they began to spin in my hands. I was grumpy because I wanted them to listen to me and be still and answer my questions, but when I looked up and saw the flat-out shock on my friend's face, I told myself to stop being so grumpy so fast. Jamie gaped at me trying to see past the person he knew at work and the past life he had just read to this person bubbling over with energy that sat before him, spinning dowsing rods in hand, and he just shook his head at me, eyes wide. Who are you? I just sat back, rods still spinning in my hands, and I laughed. I have no idea, Jamie. That's my big problem. I gotta figure out how to figure all this shit out. 
the rods slowly came to a stop, and I started figuring out how to work with them, resolving in that very moment to buy my own set. If they worked that well for me immediately, they were a great place to move forward from. My present life reading was spot on. Hard stuff is hard. Good stuff is good. The good came with the bad, and the bad came with its warnings. He worried he was getting things wrong for me, but I shook my head and said he was spot on so far. I even dropped my psychic wards to feel out the space and breathed in deeply reaching out with my feelings. Nothing about that room where my friend felt wrong, I decided. I was learning to go by that gut feeling and beginning to really trust it. Jamie tipped his head to the side suddenly and sat back in his chair, once again floored by something he saw. I just sat chuckling to myself, wondering what else could be coming after the reading so far. You can read me. It wasn't a question. I nodded slowly. I had just been thinking he was definitely not full of shit, and while some of the information so far had been shocking, it all felt right to me. That deep look into his eyes had told me a lot about him and where he's been and what he's seen, which I admit sounds completely crazy. But I'm used to that information download from people and using it to tell me if I can trust the other person or not. For me, that's something I've done since I was a kid, so of course I could read him. I was caught up in the thought that it had never occurred to me I was reading people like that. Had I been reading the whole world this whole time? But Jamie was shocked. Apparently very few people can read him. He recovered quickly, laughing. <laughs> so you can tell I'm not full of shit. I laughed and nodded deeply, the wheels in my mind churning madly. The future read was surprising for my friend, but made perfect sense to me, and when I gave him context for the words that jumped out at him to say for each card, he nodded deeply and agreed with my interpretations. The reading turned to talk about our spirit guides and chatting with the dead who were in the room. Jamie gave me some instructions on who to call for if I needed help with anything, and as he said the first name, he laughed and shook his head, muttering, You need someone stronger. He changed the helper to call upon if needed with that nudging from my guides, and he just laughed and shook his head. I laughed along, wondering at his reaction to me and my spiritual stuff. To me, I'm just me. I've always been able to read a room and feel other people's feelings. I've been told I'm a human lie detector, and I can tell you it's basically true and not always fun. Sometimes I wish people could lie to me so I don't have to confront the lies or deal with knowing I'm being lied to. But, of course, I also prefer the awful truth to a pretty lie any day of the week, so there's that too. Anyway, so that was one of the first readings I had done. It's really interesting to me how every legit psychic or medium or energy reader does things differently from each other. They all have their preferred way of working and their way of communicating. 
Jamie used to use a spirit board, but after he developed his gifts long enough, he stopped needing to do so. It is interesting to me some of the commonalities I've seen across the board, from witches to pagans to druids to shamans. To help you develop, meditate, and listen to your spirit guides. I've mentioned it a few times, but I want to reiterate. Spirit guides are absolutely real, and they can take many forms. Each person has a different set with them. The pieces to their set can change for a few reasons, like with Beth in episode 8, if they move to a new place, you can have a new one come in that is tied to the new home. Or a deceased family member might step in and take on the role of a guide. We all have them, and if you can establish a relationship with them, it can be super helpful in a bunch of ways. But be warned. This kind of work will change you as a person. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's hard, so it seems worse. But I've always found it to be rewarding self-work that I take at my own personal pace. For those that are intrigued by this and want to learn more, I'm happy to share some resources with you. These meditations are a journeying style where you don't just clear your mind, It's something like a waking dream that you have control over. The experience can be used as a vision quest in some ways. It can be quite vivid and sometimes life-changing. After you've centered yourself in the beginning, you go on an extremely personal journey within yourself. There are lots of guides and sessions to choose from out there. I'll put links to the ones I personally like, and those should lead you in the right direction. If you are worried about hypnosis and a new guide planting ideas in your head, listen but don't follow along and be sure you are comfortable with your chosen guide and their methods before you dive in. I recommend starting by doing a guided meditation to meet your spirit guides for your first journeying meditation session. My personal favorite is Connecting with Your Spirit Guides by Dakota Walker. Meet your guides, find out how they show themselves in your lives, and see how you can meet with them for a chat anytime you need to. Check in, get advice on things going on in your day-to-day life or your spiritual journey. They are there to help you with all the things. Some might think of them as our personal guardian angels. Most of the meditation ideas to follow this suggestion will have you call out to your spirit guides to join you in a session, so I feel this is a natural place to start. I also highly recommend having a journal just for your meditation sessions. Map your way in and out, and make notes of everything you saw and anyone or anything you spoke with while there. Some things will not make sense until later upon review. Leave room in the margins for notes so you can mark out when that happens. It's pretty cool stuff. Next, for meditation, I highly recommend visiting your sacred soul garden. This session is my personal favorite, and I cannot tell you how many times I've wandered there myself. It's a soul-level self-check, and it is a different journey every time. In this one, Dakota guides us down a forest path, 
You find your personal path that is hidden in the woods and follow your personal path that leads to your personal garden. Along the way, you will cross a stream and choose some stones from the stream to place in the garden when you get there. Each stone will have a personal meaning for you. You choose as many as you need that day. When you arrive in the garden, look over its state. Does it need weeding? What are those weeds in your life? Place the stones where it feels right and meditate on them. The soul garden can be visited as often as you like and shows you the beginnings to other paths you can go explore if you so desire. Map it all, journey within, and meet with your guides to learn from the higher beings that can see beyond our limited human perspectives. Like I said, these are my favorites, but if you cannot stand mine, look for Meeting My Spirit Guide and Sacred Soul Garden to find something similar. If you find a different guide that you love, be sure to share them with us. Those are the two staple sessions I would want everyone to try out, at least once. See what you can see in this meditative waking dream. It's pretty cool stuff. I have got some stories from those sessions that I might need to share another time. For tonight, I think that's about it. Meeting up with Jamie was enlightening on multiple fronts and has continued to be enlightening whenever I get a chance to check in with him. I'm itching to do readings over there again, but I'm trying to find ways to do that safely with the pandemic fun. I'm not sure if Jamie is set up for video chat stuff, though, or if he'd feel safe not being able to protect the room on the other side of the call. <laughs> we'll have to figure it out or we'll wait. It's all good. Thank you all so much for joining me. If you have a paranormal or meditation story of your own to share, send me your stories and I'll read them here. Send your stories to Beyond the Veil paranormaltales at gmail.com. You can write me to schedule a social distance interview if you prefer. All stories will be anonymous, as always, for your protection. You can find us on social media if you like. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, and an Instagram account. Links to fresh episodes or any related artwork will be shared around on the various platforms. Join us, but play nice, or I'll put you in timeout. If you'd like to support the blog and podcast, you can do that by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rating us on Apple Podcasts is a huge help, and I really appreciate it. It really does help others like you find us. If you like what you hear and want to leave a little tip, you can do that over on Patreon. Your donation helps cover the cost of production and helps replace dying equipment as is needed. If you do choose to donate, thank you so much. I think that about wraps it up for tonight. Join us again next time for a talk about ghost hunting equipment and the first time I saw it all in action. For tonight, head on up to bed and don't look too long and hard at those mirrors over there. Especially that big round one over there. That wasn't there before. Where did it come from? Until next time, this has been Beyond the Veil, 
Paranormal Tales with Becca. Sleep tight. The names in the story have been changed to protect privacy. All other details of the stories remain true to fact.